0: what's up slow Trip listeners this is your host zach
1: and matt and we have an exciting announcement
0: cisternacoffeeco.com is officially up and running we are live and everything is in stock uh, we've got our mugs ready to ship right in time for christmas today's date is december the 7th um so everything is ready for you to go um Bolivian coffee's in stock, Thai coffee's in stock, everything's freshly roasted, coffee mugs,
1: decals, Uh, this has been a long time coming, the site is beautiful and uh, ready to go. So wherever you're joining us on the Slow Drip journey, whether it's episode one or the end of the season, take a minute and go check out our new website and store and uh, pick up some coffee just in time for the holidays. Well, you've done the last two intros, so you want me to jump in? Do it. Welcome back to the Slow Drip Podcast. I'm Matt Luce, and with me as always is Zach Moore. Uh, We are thrilled to be back, and we are so glad that you're joining us. The last couple weeks have been a little bit of a different format, and you've heard Zach introducing a couple of different episodes that I recorded while being abroad in the field, serving with Beehive Global Collective, and a little bit of some Cisterna work going on too, and we just wanted to jump back in because it's been a few weeks since we've been together, Zach, and recap a little bit more of those two episodes that we just published.
0: Indeed. Mm Mm-hmm. It's good to be back. Um, well, first, before we do that, why don't we talk about mm-hmm. the, uh, dark light roast that we're drinking currently.
1: Right. So the last couple of weeks I have been on the road traveling, had some time down in the, uh, the Gulf with my family to celebrate my dad's birthday. And before that I was...
0: Happy birthday, Mr. Steve. Yeah. Again.
1: Again. And, uh, before that I was in Wilmore, Kentucky <laughs> visiting a bunch of different colleagues at Asbury university and others that live in the area. And, you know, the fun thing about being kind of a coffee guy or having a coffee business and, and all of that is pretty much everywhere you go. People want to share one of their favorite coffees or they give you some coffee or a bag of coffee like Corbin Mm -hmm. giving you one today to possibly try later on on an episode. So it's just getting fun everywhere you go. It's like, oh, here, try this. And so today's coffee that we're tasting is from Drinkling's Coffee House in Wilmore. If you are listening and you're in the Wilmore area, you should definitely check them out at their new location. I got to spend some time for a couple of days with Randy Hardman, uh, owner of Drinkling's. And uh, as I was heading out of town, he gave me a couple of different coffees for us to, to try. And we're going to highlight their uh, Colombian, almost said Bolivian. That would be ours.
0: Yeah, but, that's right. Yeah.
1: They're Colombian coffee that um, they're roasting in Wilmore and, and have serving in Drinklings, and it's good. I really like it. Um, it's a little bit on the darker side of a light roast, um, kind of threading the needle for a medium, um, but it's a single-origin Colombian, and uh, what do you think, Zach? What tasting notes do you get?
0: It's, um, it's not as bitter as I thought it was going to be. I thought... I mean just compared to like other Colombians and even our Bolivian mm-hmm. it's got kind of a dry finish dry right. mouthfeel but this one doesn't it's very it's very smooth it's um I mean it's good yeah and it it tastes thick right. I don't know why but it it tastes like it's not
1: syrupy thick though or is that what you're thinking
0: The fill of it is thick, but it doesn't. Mm -hmm. I mean, it doesn't have a syrupy taste or, um, whatever. It just, I don't know. It tastes full. I guess full-bodied, maybe.
1: It is a full-bodied. It's, I think it ticks all the boxes of what you would expect a Colombian coffee to be. Um, And Randy, when we were getting started with Cisterna years ago, Randy and I have known each other for several years, and when we were first getting started, he was the one that recommended the roaster that we have for Cisterna Mm. and uh, they use the same type of Artisan 9 roaster there in Wilmore that's what all of their coffees are produced on so uh, it was a good good contact and a good uh recommendation because we're really enjoying hours.
0: I didn't get to meet him. I know
1: wish you had gone but um, I got a lot of invites to go back so um we will definitely. We shall. You shall. You will come with me next time. And we'll, I want to kind of unpack a little bit more of the Wilmore trip in a coming episode, uh, so we won't spend too much time on it. But, Randy, thanks for the coffee. Uh, fantastic Colombian roast. And um, look forward to catching up and seeing you again soon. Um, today we are going to kind of recap Uh, and not kind of, we're going to recap the last two episodes that uh, we've released on the slow drip. As we mentioned, these were two different episodes recorded in the field and, um, kind of break down a little bit of, you know, what's going on, what we're talking about in those. And it was really cool. I thought, um, to hear again, kind of the first thoughts that we were having about Bolivia recorded in that episode. Um, and I think by way of kind of setting up, as we have more episodes coming out in the future on the slow drip, keep your eyes peeled. If you see kind of that subheader or header notes from the field and then whatever the episode is, obviously that'll be a, a broad, mm-hmm. recorded abroad um message or episode
0: with the exception of our farmed cup series correct that
1: was kind of a a specific yeah um, series within the the podcast so um, we'll drop notes from the field episodes from time to time and so we're kind of setting up a little bit of what that looks like and what we were talking about and so this first one uh, was recorded um, 15 months ago about our first trip to to Bolivia uh, last June, in June, 2021. And listening back over that, there were some really cool highlight points within it. And then also just kind of remembering or being reminded of what my first thoughts were about Bolivia and the massive amount of potential that uh, is, is there yeah. Uh, as far as Bolivian coffee goes.
0: You know, it's interesting that, <clears throat> so you already had, like, my first trip obviously wasn't your first trip. Like, you didn't even know me. True. Last June. Right. Um, I
1: wasn't going to say we recorded it before and Zach joined the team, but... It really was even before we had ever met, that, yeah that uh that episode was recorded. Um, yeah
0: I don't think you did, and I mean, this isn't any like knock against you or anything, but I don't think you did a good job of preparing me for what to expect in Bolivia but on the other side of that is I don't think that there was anything that you could have said to adequately prepare me for what to expect in Bolivia. Mm -hmm. Not that it's a bad thing, right? But I don't know. And part of me wonders what I even expected now that I've experienced it. Mm -hmm. I can't go back and think about what I expected beforehand. Um, But like hearing hearing the episode kind of a as a fly on the wall, it kind of brings back some of the like I don't know, it's like um I know there's a word for it. I can't I can't think of what the word is, but it's like um people falling in love with the feeling of falling in love. Mm-hmm not that you're actually in love, you're just in love with the feeling of the chase or the 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 new the, and I kind of feel like that's how like Wanderlust? Yeah, in a sense. Um,
1: I think the German term is Sündsight, which is the pursuit of the things from our past childhood memory, so Maybe for you, it's this idea of like what you got to experience listening to this episode after you had been and experienced right, after it all after with me uh, was kind of a, a reminder of our trip together mm-hmm. and a reminder of all of those feelings and emotions that you had kind of falling in love with Bolivia for the first time.
0: And seeing that's something that will never happen again, mm-hmm. at least not for Bolivia. Right. I mean, we may meet new people in Bolivia. we may you know form relationships with new farm partners or whatever, but ultimately, like the first trip is over, right and like it'll never like there will never be another first trip like if if Corbin or Amanda or Iris were you know eventually to go with us. I love how you said Corbin first, not, yeah. not, our well, I'm wives, thinking, I'm thinking, well, I was thinking Corbin from a work perspective. Right.
1: Strategically, we would take him as part of our team. Right. Before we took like a, a pleasure cruise. Yeah. So to speak.
0: I, I don't know that Amanda and Iris would, I mean, they'd probably enjoy it, but. I mean, it's not like it was super luxurious or it wasn't a vacation. Mm -mm. It was a work trip. Mm -hmm. I don't know that they would. But Corbin, I think, would do really well. And
1: Mm, Well, I think he would be fine because it would be a work trip. Yeah. I feel like Corbin's more of a diva than your wife or my wife
0: when it comes to (laughs) his love of comfort. So, I I mean, it wasn't uncomfortable, though. Well,
1: there were a couple of days you looked at me and you were like, bro, I am straight up not having a good time in this moment.
0: Dude, I was... But was you did the, not feel
1: well. Was it the day? Yeah, I was you, about you to say. You were I having mean, some travel sickness issues. Yeah. And that's all we need to say about that. Yeah. But you you had a look in your eye one day. You said, Bro, I am not having a good time.
0: Well, and there were other... Factors. Yeah. yeah. There were other factors that were giving to that circumstance.
1: So let's go back to what you were saying. But like, anyway, so like... Remi- remembering your first trip cuz you're right there there's an element about all of this that um kind of first time out in the field and you're traveling with me who's been there knows a little bit of the
0: language knows the people well like, not only not only that but like like yeah you got to experience it beforehand But like, um, like when we go to Thailand, like that'll be another opportunity for me to just kind of experience again for the first time. Mm -hmm. And it's, um, Kenya, perfect example. Like you're coming up on going to Kenya in in November and like, while I probably can't go this time, like I know eventually I'll end up over there with you at some point. Um, but like you've been, what a dozen times? More than right? Yeah, I don't know. And like I've I've never even been to Africa, so, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> like I mean Kenya, I think you consider kind of your home away from home, right? To some extent or another, yeah. And like I don't know, it's just thinking about the the fresh and the new and the stepping off the plane in a foreign land and having all of these, whether you think you've made them yourself or not, um, subconsciously you've got all of these preconceived notions of what to expect. And I mean, really our subconscious has created all of them, but you step off the plane and everything is completely different than what you think it really is um, or what you thought it would be Mm -hmm. like, that was the first time I met Hutch. Yeah. Um, obviously, the first time I met Jim, and I just felt I felt like a, a dwarf compared to those two because they're pretty tall human beings. And then, oh,
1: you were just speaking physically.
0: Yeah, physically, yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. I thought I was going to say, you know, when we went out to the that amazing pizza place in Santa Cruz and mm. spent an hour and a half talking about creation. Uh, I felt like you held your own. So you weren't, you weren't an intellectual dwarf. But No, 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 no. But compared to, to them just in height, yeah.
0: Size-wise, well, and see, I don't know why, because I know Jim is American, but like Bolivians just generally, from a general perspective, aren't huge people. Right. And we stepped out from, you left me in security because you got tired of waiting and I had to wait on. That's also true. Getting my visa. Well, okay. Picked up all of my stuff and then I came around the corner. And
1: we were already hanging out and having coffee. There
0: there you are. And then these two people who are head and shoulders taller than you. Right. And, like, you and I are pretty average height. Right. And I may be maybe a half inch shorter than you. How tall are you? Six feet. I'm 5'11", so.
1: it's a little more than a half an inch. One inch. Still more than half. Well. I think one of the things that you said that really sticks out, and and it's worth noting um, as we kind of get back into this, because as we get to know each other more, I'm learning more of like when I'm learning more of how like you feel things probably in some ways deeper than I do, like experientially. Mm -hmm. So like it's a big, not that it's not a big deal to me to go to a new place and have a new experience. But like you said in Bolivia that one day, you were like, dude, this is your world. Like you do this for a living, you go to new places, you're used to this. Give me a minute to catch up, you know, because mm-hmm. I'm like, hey, let's go da, 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 da. on to the next thing, and you're like, I don't understand why you're washing your trousers in the bathtub. Like, you know, just two different it kind of kind of experiences. So I don't always think about it, but you're right. You only get you know one first time, right? One. Mm-hmm. That's right, the first impression, first trip out, whatever, maybe we need to just pick a map or put a map up, throw a dart at it, and go and you and I go together from some place we've never been before <laughs>
0: end up in freaking siberia I'm, yeah let's do it I'm I really want to go to Antarctica, I know you do, so do I Have you ever been
1: no, I haven't
0: then it's but see, I don't want to take some like luxury cruise. Mm. Have we had this discussion? Mm. I want to be a Stowaway on some kind of like excursion vessel like that's like i don't want to sleep in a nice cabin i want to sleep on the bottom floor where there's no window and mm-hmm. you know and I think that'd be really cool you say that now
1: but having experienced that kind of steerage i don't know if you really would be into it
0: why is that well it's like camping but on a boat
1: Well, but what you're talking about is, like, no sunlight for days. You're in the bowels of the ship. I just don't think... Well, we'll see.
0: I mean, it's not like we would be tied or locked in that room. It's not like we'd be tied up and thrown in steerage or... Well, when you said I wanted to be a stowaway, I
1: figured you were going to, like, hide in a pickle barrel on the bottom of a boat.
0: I'm, I'm talking... And you
1: want an expedition. You want like the bunch of scientists are going on an icebreaker and you tag along as a deckhand. Yeah. They have trips like that. But you don't want the one where it's like, here's your nice cabin where you can see the orca whales and the icebergs. And yeah.
0: I don't want that. that. I mean, I want to be able to see that stuff over the side of the ship. and But you wouldn't see it below the waterline because no. there's no windows. I'm just talking about where we sleep. Okay. I don't want it to be a place where... We have, like, nice wood grain, like, panels and, like, nice chairs and furniture. Mm-hmm. And, like, I want it to be the bunk bed that falls down out of the side and That's folds called, down. Yeah. And the berth. you a berth. Mm. Anyway, let's get yeah. back to what we were yeah, talking let's about. D- again. So,
1: gosh, you're going to have a lot to
0: kind of I uh, I know. This is going to be honest. a tough one to edit.
1: Um that's good. Hey, oh right on time. He's a little early. Yeah, ten fifty. Anyway. Um That guy, man. So yeah. You only ever get to, you know, have one first trip experience. And and I think too, what you said of like maybe I didn't do a good enough job preparing you.
0: Not that that was your job.
1: No. It was not like it was my job to prepare you. Um, but I'd been, you know, I'd been before. I knew the people. I knew the players and I knew the the space to, like, even down, let's go get my favorite shawarma and mm-hmm. everything. Um,
0: I still think about that chicken shawarma. Yeah.
1: Well, and so, like, in my mind, I think I intentionally didn't tell you a lot because I kind of wanted you to be able to just have that kind of first experience. But then, you know, at the same time, recognizing, you know, this is vocationally, this is what I do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I'm in and out of different countries all over the world, any given time. Um, and, uh, and so there was kind of like, well, i you know, not gonna prepare you too much. Um
0: and then Well, and on that same note, I don't think there was anything that you could have said to prepare me. Um, I mean, it's just one of those things that you you have to experience it to understand. You know? It's it's not anything that not that you didn't do a good job or and it wasn't really even your place to prepare me. Mm-hmm. Um it's just uh like I'm up and part of me is glad that you didn't. Yeah. Well, because I was able to form my own right opinions and
1: so having listened to the episode that was released 2 weeks ago and really that was sort of the download of my first experience in Bolivia and you had your own experience before you even sat down to listen and edit that episode mm-hmm. so kind of maybe bring us all up to speed on what your first experience and then listening to that again like there were probably some resonant points and there are probably some points of like, Well that's what oh, I was yeah. saying
0: like I, I got to re-experience my first experience mm-hmm. by listening to your first experience. Right. So it's wall break inside of wall break. Inside of wall break. Yeah. Fantastic. But no, it's like, um, we've, we've gone all the way around, mm-hmm. but like, you can't have another first experience with Bolivia. Right. But that episode gives a, like a, it paints a good picture of what a first experience can be like. Mm-hmm. And like, um. Like what it's like to hang out in the hotel room with Hutch, what it's like to have meaningless conversation or meaningful conversation, and um, you know, get to know the people, Mm -hmm. um, you know, both the people that we're working with and just random people, right?
1: Well, yeah, and so just to kind of unpack some of
0: that, I still remember the vodka fueled taxi driver that we had
1: yeah when you started that i was like i'm not sure where he's going but yeah man when we jumped in the one cab to run back to the university and i looked at you and i'm like i feel like this guy's been drinking before he got on duty like it smells in here yeah very very possible that was what was going on but um so you know going back and listening to the episode that came out a couple weeks ago and in our own experience you know from that point the, la- the next 15 months to get us to here, like you said, has come full circle to the point that we've gone to Miami to pick up a consignment of coffee from Bolivia, from Francisco. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, when you're listening to it and you're editing it and you're listening to it, you know, if you're, you're joining us for the first time on the slow drip and you want to go back and listen, it, it's going to seem a little out of order if you go all the way back through the Cultivation series, but... Um, to listen to that note from the field episode from Bolivia to kind of get an idea, a scope of what we're talking about. Like, you know, you're listening to it. In, so when I'm talking about sitting down for empanadas in Buena Vista, like you know exactly what that experience is like. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, you know, the coffee in, in that episode from two weeks ago that we're talking about, we now have. You know that yep. was that harvest. It took us this long to figure out how to to import it, and now we're in the process of working with Jim
0: on his harvest. on
1: on this year's harvest that we were there to see to see them picking the cherries off of the yep you know the trees, and so we're kind of honing in and re we're refining mm-hmm. our processes, uh, and then you know. Riding all over the country in Jim's Hilux, too, you know how that feels. And then to, man, that, that last day, as I went back and I listened to it and I remembered that trip from a year or so ago, a year and a half ago, um, that last full day was an absolute full day. I mean, and you've traveled.
0: We, we did a lot.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm talking about the one from the episode two weeks ago. But, yeah, our last full day was also.
0: Oh, I thought you were talking about our last full day. mm I mean, because our last full day, I mean, we met with Bolivian Trade, mm mm-hmm. we And we had to prep to leave and everything. Yeah. I mean, it was wild. Yeah.
1: Well, and, and that, the one from a year ago was kind of the same. The difference was, like, we didn't stay in Buena Vista. You know, it was like, let's go and
0: you drove there and back in a day yeah that would have been miserable
1: yeah i wasn't miserable so let me now that you understand the landscape let me paint the picture a little bit more fully Mm -hmm. so we did not stay overnight in buena vista so we left early in the morning
0: let me interject and just say i loved the hostel we stayed at it was super cool
1: it was i'm a a beautiful find yeah um, and we'll be
0: back. Honestly, can't wait to go back I there. Um,
1: anyway, you were saying. Yeah, so we left Santa Cruz in the morning. As you heard in the episode, Walter called Jim and asked if he could go with us. So Hutch and Jim are in the front because the two really tall boys get the front seats. And then in the back of the Hilux cab was Francisco and me and Walter. Two hours to Buena Vista. On the way, we met with several different municipal officials because, again, the more political people that you know, the better the prospects of being able to do trade do it, and, yeah. and export. And so Francisco was doing a great job introducing me to in different officials, the mayor of Buena Vista, um, a couple others. But we're packed in that truck. Get there, tour Francisco's, see his coffee, see the town, get an empanada, get some coffee, um, see where Lorenzo the parrot lives. And then, um, then that's when he said, I want to, uh, I want to show you these other co-op farmers that are the micro lot coffees that hopefully we'll, we'll introduce eventually that, uh, are right on the edge of the, you know, the, the rainforest there (laughs) in Buena Vista. I said they're like 40 minutes outside of Buena Vista to get to that. And so all of those stories.
0: You are just driving around.
1: Yeah. And then two hours back to Santa Cruz, dropping people off along the way. And then we got back to the hotel in Santa Cruz that night. And then Hutch and I sat down and recorded that episode. And then got up the next day. That was a full day. It was a full day. And then the next day we packed up, went to the university. He and I both preached at different times. And then we took the 1030 flight out like we did. So, but, you know, I think you kind of get used to it. I mean, all, you all I our did, trips are of. Did, did we take
0: stacked. that? Ours
1: was at 1 a.m.
0: That's right. Yeah, because we, yeah, we couldn't go through security until midnight. Right.
1: Right, so, um, so' now that you've you've seen it, like explaining <laughs> all of that, your eyes are like, "Oh, that was more than I anticipated um for that last episode or, or that last day, so that yeah, was good. Things that it reminded me of it was really good to to listen to all of that again, because it it brought back to mind you know the full potential. That I do see in in Bolivia, and and Bolivian coffee is amazing, and you know we're working really hard to you know make it more normal here in the states. It's not really one of those you know people think of Brazilian coffees, Colombian coffee. I mean, like you, we even said at the top of the episode, I've I've kind of been on a Colombian coffee kick yeah. lately, and really just kind of deep dive into different single origins from that country. Um, But, you know, those are the well-known kind of varieties or single origins that that people think of when they think of coffee. And so what we're doing with Cisterna, um, with our direct trade initiatives, is really kind of exposing American consumers to different coffee markets and different coffee varieties like the Thai. You know, I don't know a lot of people that, until we talk about our Thai coffee, have ever thought about coffee coming out of Southeast Asia Mm -hmm. you know so when we go this winter and we make some new contacts and we get to know some more producers and you know hopefully visit you know coffee farms in Vietnam and Laos and other places um you know we'll be able to kind of expand a little bit more of the consumer idea of what good coffee from around the world is looking like um So having kind of the the germination stage of of those ideas recorded and to be reminded of that again, of, hey, this is what we're doing, uh, was really cool for me um, to go back and listen. When we got to Bolivia this time, when you were with me, Hutch reminded me of something that I had said last year that I had forgotten. And he goes, are you still thinking that this might be a taproot for Cisterna? Mm -hmm. And I had honestly forgotten just in the, you know, what we're setting out to do is not easy. And like we're, we're kind of in the school of hard knocks figuring out how to do this, you know. And so just the daily minutia of figuring all of this out, I had forgotten kind of that vision cast over a year ago. So to re- revisit that was exciting for me and then to be able to think back on our trip together of like, I saw kind of the, the genesis point and now we're kind of living it out to, we have a good relationship with an export agent. You know, Bolivian Trade has been fantastic for yeah. us and... um the next consignment of coffee that we import, hopefully by the end of this year or early 2023, uh, we kind of know more of what to expect. And so we're, we're starting to get some traction. Um, And that's exciting. It's really exciting for me to see, because I feel like there's been a lot of, there have been a lot of seasons of kind of patiently waiting. And is this going to work out? And, how we're we gonna?
0: What's it like looking back? Mm.
1: There's some relief, I think, of
0: like l- looking back. I know it was 15 months, but a year in review, mm-hmm. seeing where you were last June versus now.
1: Right. I think that kind of retrospective is a little bit harder. Um, because all of that, those kind of thought processes are wrapped up in a nearly five-year journey at this point for myself, for my family, Iris and I. Um, January 18th, we'll celebrate Cisternas or uh, Beehives, Mm -hmm. five-year
0: anniversary. Anniversary, Yeah, Um, You did or you will? We will,
1: this Mm -hmm. coming 2023. So we, we... officially we're uh an organization, I think maybe it's January eighteenth or January nineteenth, mm-hmm. twenty eighteen. And so we're we're coming up on our fifth year. And um, you know, anyone that will tell you getting a nonprofit established, getting a business established, you know it takes five years of of hard work before you yeah. really start seeing traction. So For me, the retrospective is not as much a year or 15 months or 18 months. I mean, we've made some big gains in the last 18 months, for sure, that are exciting. There's traction inherently because of that. But, you know, when you ask, like, what's it like looking back? Like, I, I, I look back on trips to places where we ended up not finding partnerships for ministry or, you know, this isn't going to work right now, but maybe in the future. Um, You know, I I look back to um, the other notes from the field episode that we'll talk about in a second with, you know, my relationship with David Parmont and Daniel Meissen. And, you know, that that even those relationships predate Beehive, you know. Yeah and to see how God has brought the three of us together to work uh, in Nairobi. Um, so there's there's some relief, I think, if relief is the right word. Uh, definitely some encouragement uh, to finally start seeing traction in all of these different things. Um, I've listened through both of these episodes. I, one of the things that I thought to myself was, God has given me the ability to experience some pretty amazing things. Yeah. Just in the last 5 years, you know, and, and and what you get to hear as a listener of the slow drip is maybe 10% of the full story, and we are doing our best to kind of bring more of that, you know, to you know, air, I guess. Yeah. Of, of, Telling more of the story. Um,
0: but we only have so many. Yeah. <laughs> so many weeks or.
1: Um, in the years, yeah, so many hours I, in the day. And I, gosh, and I feel like a lot of times when we're talking about these kind of things, it's like. And I think I even said it in one of the, the notes from the field episodes of. The the amount of stories that come out of any one excursion are staggering. Just really cool things that God's doing. Things that you don't yeah, see necessarily um particularly unless you're there um and all these kind of points of encouragement but i think this whole last year has been really encouraging for me in a lot of ways
0: i think a lot of things well for me it's i don't know there's been this amplification of Like everything's so quick. Everything's fast. Everything, like, I mean, um I look at, I mean, today's what, September 23rd? Mm-hmm. I look at last September 23rd and things were, like, I was preparing to go to Turkey. Mm-hmm. Things were a lot different then than they are now. And, like, if you would ask me a dozen times, and I give you a dozen different answers, where I'm at now would not be mm-hmm. the answer that I would have given. Mm-hmm. Things are just completely and totally different. And like, I don't know, leading up to Bolivia, and even in Bolivia, things were just so fast moving. Um, like I, I wanted to be able to appreciate it more. And I think that listening to the notes from the field episode kind of helped facilitate that appreciation. Mm. Um, Because, I I mean, we crammed so much into an 11-day span. I mean, we packed our days out. Mm -hmm. And, like, there was so much that we did. Like, it it was... I don't know. It was just very fast-paced, quick-moving. The only time that I think... That I got to just sit and take in was I think I was at Jim's farm. We we're mm-hmm. sitting on that ridge, and like you, and you started you started talking about something. I don't even remember what we were talking about. You started talking. I was like, "Just shut up, man." Yeah, just stop. Just stop. Let's just enjoy the quiet mm-hmm. and just the wind whipping over that ridge and right. seeing the landscape and all the wildlife and the coffee plants down the down the hill and on the hills out in the distance seeing all the seeing the Andes yeah I mean it was just it was serene and being able to sit there and just enjoy it and take it in and like being able to remember that like it's um I don't know it's
1: Yeah, and I remember when you just were like, just just for a minute, let me have this. You know, it's sort of that, you know, we've both been talking about Secret Life of Walter Mitty lately, Mm. this soundtrack film that we both like and whatever, Um, and that great Sean Penn scene Yeah, where he doesn't take it. Sometimes it's just for me, right? Yeah. You know, Um, and I think there's, there's been a part of this too, going back, listening to those two episodes recorded in the field in, in a season where, I mean, if I'm going to be completely honest, like before you came along, you know, there was some of that where it's like, I don't know. I don't know if we're going to swim, you know. Um, and, and we'll talk about that in just a second because it comes up in the, the second episode we want to just touch on. Um, but there's a cool part of all of this too, and, and as far as, like, the travel and ministry and having you come alongside and getting to watch your first experiences, like your first... Getting, From an outsider's perspective. Right. Like yeah. Getting to watch your first experience in Bolivia, and I've shared this with you, uh, there was a, a mild amount of anxiety that I felt about... On your side? Yeah. Well, in the sense of, like, hey, if he doesn't like this...
0: Oh, yeah. You know, like, and
1: I I can, like, I finally was able to articulate that to you of like, there's a fear that, like, this is not going to be your bag. This
0: is the tell all right here. This um, is the decision maker.
1: I'm going to be back to, you know, flying solo. Um, And you very gently said, shut up and get that out of your head. I'm in. And actually, you were not gentle at all, but I appreciated it because I needed, I just needed to know. Um, And I love that you and I can just sometimes be offensively direct with each other. Um but yeah, there was a there was like I don't know how this is gonna be. And the same thing, most likely the next first experience that you get to have with me will be Southeast Asia. Um which there again um I won't try to prep you too much on that either.
0: Um well you're gonna fit so much into that trip too. There's, there's nothing you can tell me to prep me for that. No, nothing.
1: Not, not a single, single thing. But then that's too. Like that's another part of it that you. I get to watch you experience the world I live in.
0: So you're experiencing it for the first first time. time. Yeah, through through a different through proxy.
1: Right, and and in the way of like, this is completely normal to me. But then you come to me and you're like this is so not normal, Matt. Like the other side of it that I'm getting to with that is like even this understanding of there's a finite amount of time that we have abroad. Yeah. We don't stop. Yeah. You know, like Hutch jokes around about how I sleep on a three-legged stool when I'm traveling because I don't really, you know, it's 6 a.m. to midnight and full, you know, full throttle all the way through kind yep. of stuff. And you have to. So um anyway, it's it's enjoyable to get to see your first experiences in all of these different places. And and probably Southeast Asia will be next and then Kenya after that. Um unless well, something changes and you come with me in November. But I don't know if that's gonna be in the cards. Yeah, that's it'll be tight. It's a big ask. Yeah considering that you won't join me in Kenya, most likely. Uh, Let's just talk a little bit about that because, like I said, one of the things that David and I talked about in that episode was this idea of spiritual resilience within ministry. And um, retrospectively, listening to that episode again was really a cool reminder and encouragement for me.
0: Um, Did I release that out of sequence? Mm-mm. Did I choose the wrong one? Nope. No.
1: Yeah. You, it was mislabeled, but I. You got the right. Everything is in chronological order as it was recorded. Okay. So
0: I mean, I just chose the one that had the first date.
1: Yeah. So, um, being with him, and and listening to it again to prepare even today, um, but but being with David. <laughs> this time last year or almost this time last year in November. um, It was that same kind of encouragement. So at that point, you had, you and I had become friends. You had gone to Turkey. Mm -hmm. We were becoming friends very quickly. And in fact, I even, I called you on my way to the airport when I was leaving for Kenya. Yeah. Um, And... So, um, at, you were kind of on the, you were coming into the scene and we were friends at that point And, uh, and I was starting to feel like, all right, we've got, got a different, it feels like there's some different traction coming with all of this with Beehive, Cisterna, the ideas of being able to kind of reboot the slow drip and having all of that stuff work together. Um, and then being there. And hearing David talk about, it was really discouraging. The climate is harsh. The people are harsh. Um, We're away from home for three years. We didn't see any fruit. And, man, what, I mean, a a monolith of faith, you know, Mm -hmm. is a friend that that he is for me to, to speak encouragement to me without realizing how encouraging he was being. It was so meaningful um, to share some of that, and um, you know, we talk about in that episode how during the pandemic he ran a fundraising campaign that was a buy a brick fundraiser for the the church building, and when I went back in November last year, you know, the building was 70 percent complete. Uh, All the bricks have been laid. Um, It just needed window screens and a few other things. And since I've been there, they now have that. The floors are finished. And so the exciting thing is now we've gotten some funding to help the church in Nairobi, the AGC church in Nairobi, to um, finish the compound and get get the fencing up. You know, when you think about it, it's like that's kind of a, in some ways, it's an interesting... If you think about here in the States, you know, like, modern evangelical church here in the States, the idea of needing fencing around it doesn't always resonate. But it's such a critically important thing, particularly where they are in the, in the bush. And I love how David very gently says, you know, the climate's harsh, but we're glad that he's able to walk around and, and see it. And, and he's not wrong. The climate is really harsh. Um when I kind of talk to people about it, it's like everything is trying to kill you there, you know, climate, animals, plants, mm-hmm. people like it is a hostile environment every way around. Um, and it's exciting. And we've talked about the, the mystery of being invited into the participation of what God's doing. And um, so it's exciting to be on the build up now for, going back to Kenya a year later and what beehive will be doing primarily is beginning that that fencing to secure the compound um to hopefully you know next next phases after that are going to be getting David a home built there and he's currently renting premises in Lysamis and kind of commuting into Nairobi and um and so getting a place that's secure so that he has a a formal home and to lead the church. Um, And there's been a lot of, even since that episode released and and I don't even know if I've shared all of it with you, but just I've been on the phone every day with our team in Kenya kind of on the lead up side. And it's, it's exciting, you know, what's coming to be able to say, yep, we're going to start buying materials, start lining up, guys to work and dig holes and get the posts and all of the things ready um and you know getting several different meetings lined up with you know upper leadership of AGC in Kenya of what are the next steps and what are we looking at and and I think I guess I shared some of it with you on the phone of kind of what's going on but um yeah it's exciting just to see you know what's going to be next and What we wanted to do with some of these notes from the field episodes is we kind of recap these two. And we talked a lot more about Bolivia because you've been recently, and and so it's a more recent memory. Uh, We both come back. We have more to talk about coffee-wise.
0: Well, and Kenya is about to happen very soon. Right. Again.
1: And that's the, the other side of this is, as it sometimes seems to listeners that you know, we're releasing things kind of out of time sequence or, or whatever. We're, we're pretty purposeful about uh-huh. that, what we release and when, and and we may not talk a ton about the the second notes from the field episode today, but we're leading up to really talking a lot more about it yeah. in the next few weeks. We want to really highlight a few more things coming up. Um, what I'll be doing specifically. When i'm there in november this time um and you know why we're we really want to support the church there um, so stay tuned as we kind of unpack a little bit more of that in the days to come there's a couple of things we want to mention and then i think it's probably time for a break um first uh we want to say thank you to everybody who's left a review or reached out to us through social media, through um, being able to text us and send messages to the Slow Drip. We love your feedback. We've gotten some great feedback from listeners, particularly about the Tears List episode. Uh, I don't, I think a lot of people have, well, a lot of A
0: lot of verbal feedback too, though. Right, yeah. Um, People, like I ran into a guy last week and he was like, Loving your podcast. I haven't talked to the guy in probably a year. Mm. He's like, I've been loving your podcast. So it's like, huh, that's awesome. Yeah, thanks thanks for listening. Yeah.
1: So we are getting a lot of feedback. And uh, if you want to get in touch with us, um,
0: you can go to the slow drip podcast.com, um, go to our contact page. There's a form there, or you can just click the chat widget down at the bottom. And that'll send us a text directly.
1: And that's in the show notes.
0: um Yeah. We'll drop or a link in the show cool. notes. And, um,
1: We have been talking about probably before the end of the year doing a Q and A episode. So we'll let you know when that's coming, and you can send in questions about ministry, questions about you can go ahead and start sending those those now. now, Yeah, but um, you know, coffee preparation or cultivation or whatever, um, open field. Yep. And um, but if you have a question you want us to address, yeah, we'll do it on the air. Yep. So that could be fun. Other thing in the show notes is we kind of lead up to uh, this new Kenya trip, we'll put a, a link if you want to support the church in in Nairobi. Uh, that link will be in the show notes, and, and we'll talk more about that in coming weeks as well. But, um, yeah, thanks for joining us today. Feels like a time for a break. I think so. All right.